And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Uh, turn to someone and say, with a big old smile on your face, say, share the hope. Share the hope. There you go. You guys are getting into it. A few of you are like, nope, not doing it. That's all right. You're doing it on the inside. We'll count it. So, uh, share the hope. We've been talking about sharing the hope. That's our sermon series this month. Uh, there's also an album that the New Covenant Music, the worship team put out. Yeah. And uh, a couple weeks ago, hopefully you've been listening to it on repeat wherever you can. So Spotify, CD, whatever. Um, it's never too late. We have some merch out there for you to buy. Someone told me uh, in first service, they're like, you know what, that, that texting stuff, we've, we've shortened everything. Now it's not merchandise, it's merch. And I said, yeah, but church merch sounds way cooler than church merchandise. So just saying. So church merch, uh, it's out front. And uh, that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. But uh, yes, technology has influenced our lives. So uh, we're glad you are all here today. And I want to continue talking about sharing the hope. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture out of Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 to 38. But we're going to break them up a little bit. So let's start with the first chunk. Everybody say chunk. All right, Matthew 9. 27 to 31 says this. You didn't know you were going to come to church and say chunk, did you? You're welcome. All right. So after Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. I didn't want to shout at you, but they were shouting. Imagine shouting. They went right into the house where he, Jesus, was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe that I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. So then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. All right, so we have a story here of a man named Jesus who was fully man but fully God, and he was sent to this earth. John 3.16 said, For God so loved this world, the people in it, that he gave. All right, he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that anyone who would believe in him, anyone who would put their faith and their trust, their hope in Jesus Christ would live, would not perish, but would have an everlasting life, an eternal life with God, our creator. That sound like good news to anybody? And, and so here we have Jesus who's on the earth. He hasn't died yet, but he's walking on the earth. And here we have a story. We have a story, he's in a town, and a couple of blind men walk right into the house where he's staying, okay? Now, obviously, they were guided there because they probably couldn't have found the door, right? They could not see. They were blind men. So someone brought them to this place where Jesus was staying. They walked right in, and what did Jesus do? Not a trick question. He healed them. He talked to them, and he said, uh, they said, hey, have mercy on us, and we want to be healed from our blindness. And he says, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that you'll be able to see? And they said, yes, we do. We believe. We know who you are. We know the things that you've done. This isn't in the Bible, but this is what they're saying. They're saying, yes, we believe in you. We know. We have faith. We trust. We know that if we believe that you will heal us, that you will make us new. Yeah. And he says, all right. Because of your faith, you will be healed. And boom, just like that, they could see. Yeah, you're right. That's not exciting. Nope, not even going to take it. All right. 
Just like that. Just like that. They could see. Miraculous. Oh, there we go. I mean, think about that. They have been blind. Who knows how long? Maybe from birth, maybe for a while. We don't know. But they could not see. And then all of a sudden, boom, their eyes were opened and they could see. That is a miracle working God. I'm going to tell this service the very same thing I told first service. In first service, I was looking around and there was someone in there that had been completely cured of cancer. That they had been given a diagnosis of cancer and God completely healed them. No radiation, no therapy, no nothing. They were completely healed. Amen to that. There was someone else whose body was literally shutting down. Shutting down, organs failing. He coughed so hard, he tore his heart. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't even know that. He tore his heart by coughing too hard. He had an adrenal gland that was going out of whack. They would move him. They would touch him and all of his vitals would go crazy. They had no idea that he was supposed to die way too many times. And he was in first service doing better than ever because he believes in a God that heals. Amen? Amen. I mean, there are, are people that are in our midst who have been to treatment time and time and time again and finally... Jesus Christ gets a hold of their lives and frees them forever. I mean, that's happening right now. We say, well, this stuff doesn't happen. Like, I don't see blind people healed. I don't see God doing miracles. I got something to tell you. God is doing miracles all the time. Our God is a God who heals. Amen? And so he healed these guys of their blindness. And then he says this, very sternly, the Bible says. He says, don't tell anybody. That seemed pretty stern. I feel like I did a pretty good stern voice. Don't tell anybody. So what did they do? What did you say? Can't smile? So so what did they do? I love this. He sternly tells them, don't tell anybody. And then they go out and spread his fame all throughout the region. He should have prayed for their hearing. Right? Because they obviously did not hear. He said, don't go tell people. And they just went out and told everybody. They were like, we were blind. And I'm sure people were like, hey, wait, you can see. I thought you were blind. And they're like, yeah, I know. Jesus healed. Oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to tell. Whatever. Jesus healed me. <laughs> I mean, don't you think you'd be a little bit excited yes. if you were completely healed from something that you maybe had struggled with since birth, like blindness, like whenever you went blind, would you not be rejoicing and happy happy and telling everybody about what just went down? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You'd be blowing up Facebook. You'd be all over the place. You'd be on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. You'd be like, I once was lost, but now I'm fine. I was blind. Now I can see, right? You'd be all over the place. That's what they were doing. They were excited. They were excited. You know, it seems odd. It seems odd that Jesus would tell him, hey, don't go tell people. He does that a few different times. You ever wondered why? Like, I wonder why. I mean, he's done it a few different times in the scriptures and he heals people. He takes care of them. And then he says, don't tell anybody. Shh, shh, don't tell anybody. And maybe, I, I mean, I don't know exactly the reason, but maybe part of it is he was just humble. He didn't want all the praise and adoration. I don't know. Maybe uh, he told them that so that he could take a moment of rest and maybe take a nap. Did you know Jesus napped? I mean, Jesus is awesome. 
I mean, he would nap. Like, he got away with the disciples on a boat and took a nap. That's my dude right there. He took a nap. Now, I'm not saying he napped the whole day away, but he took a nap. And then there's this fierce storm, and his disciples are like, we're going to die. And Jesus is napping. We don't know what to do. And they wake him up, and he's like, you wake me from my nap for this? That's my paraphrase. But I've been like, what? I was sleeping. Like my kids, I'll be at home sleeping on the couch and all of a sudden someone will just run and smack me in the face. Like just run into me like, ah! and I'm like, I'm up. What do you want? You know? And, and they don't want anything. They just wanted to wake me up apparently. Right? And, uh, but that's, that's, I mean, he would, he would, he would frequently be preaching and teaching and talking with people. And then he would hop into a boat and he'd go to the other side of the sea. And somehow miraculously people would still follow him there or he'd disappear to a mountain, or he'd go somewhere, right? He would frequently leave. Maybe he just needed a little bit of time with God the Father. Maybe he needed a little time of rest. Who knows what it was, but he said, hey, don't tell people. But they went out and told everybody. Here's the thing. When you're excited about something, you talk about it. Okay? When I'm excited about something, I talk about it. In fact, the Bible says that out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. So the things that we're excited about, the things that we're passionate about, the things that are going through our thoughts and our minds, things that are going through our heart, the things that we're dwelling on and looking at, those are the things we talk about the most. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 6. It says, For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they grab... Wow. Try this again. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So my question for us today is, what are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? Are you speaking? There's, the Bible says there's power in our tongue, in the things that we say. With our tongue, we can bless God's name and we can curse people all in a matter of moments. The message Bible calls your tongue a killer. That the words that we say can cut and can break down and can hurt others, but our tongues can also be used to uplift and encourage so what are you saying? Stop and think about it. Stop and think about the things that you talk about. Stop and think about the things that you're excited about. Stop and think for a moment what is coming out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So are you speaking life over situations? Are you speaking good things? Are you speaking faith over things? and believing and having hope that things will be better? Do you have a confident expectation that you're just suffering through something or going through something? Or do you really feel that life is just that terrible? Because if you continue to say things like that, if you feel like the world's against you, if you feel like all hope is lost, then those are the things that are going to come out of your mouth. I mean, how often do we talk to someone? Hey, how are you doing today? Oh, I am busy. I am busy. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth 
speaks. If there are too many things going on, if you are way too busy, if there's just too many other things going on, then have you had any time to spend in God's word? Have you had any time to pray to God and be encouraged that even though we might have a lot going on, there's nothing we can't handle because we have the strength of Christ in us. Because we read our word and we know that in our weakness, he is made strong. So no matter what we face, no matter what's going on in our life, Jesus is with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He sticks closer than a brother. And here's the thing that I've noticed. If we profess these things, like if we say I'm busy all the time, then you know what? Your life is going to feel pretty busy. It's going to feel pretty chaotic. But if you start saying things like, you know what? I have a lot on my plate, but I'm excited for what God has for me in the future. You know, this season of life, it seems like I'm running from one direction to another, but I'm taking time to sit down and read God's word. I'm making it a priority in my life to do these things. And maybe start speaking those things. You don't have to speak it when you're talking to other people, but just to yourself, when you start feeling busy and you feel that welling up, you say, you know what, God, I'm going to spend some time. I am not that busy. I am not that important. I can, I can spend some time right now. I can turn off the Netflix. I can turn off Disney Plus. You know who you are. <laughs> you can turn it off for 10 minutes and devote some time to God. Nothing wrong with Disney Plus, all right? But I'm just saying we can devote some time to God, amen? amen. We talk about what we are excited about. What are you speaking about? What are you talking about? I hope you're talking about the hope that is in you. I hope you're excited that Jesus Christ has saved you and rescued you and redeemed you and set you free, and made you a new creation, and has healed you, and has given you the desire to do good things instead of bad things, who helps you when you're tempted. And even when you feel like, I have to give in to this thing, the Bible says that we're tempted not beyond anything that we can handle. But God will always provide a way of escape. He will always provide a way of escape. What are you saying? What are you thinking? Is the hope of Jesus Christ in you? If you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart, if you've accepted him as your savior, we talked about it last week. He is our only hope for glory. He's our only hope for salvation. So if we find ourselves talking hopeless things, if we find ourselves saying negative things, I encourage you that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of our bodies. And he makes us alive, amen? He gives us something to hope in. He goes beyond any circumstance or situation we find ourselves in and he's able to bring us up and out of it. And that is something to be excited about and that's something to be talking about and that is one way that we can share the hope. Amen? So we continue in Matthew 9. says this, When they left, the people who had just been healed, they were blind, now they can see. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Can you imagine that? Someone possessed by a demon, Jesus prays over them, the demon leaves, and then the man begins to speak. People were amazed. They said, nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said, he can cast out demons because he's empowered by the prince of demons. 
That's absolutely not true. They don't know what they're talking about. He could cast out demons because the Spirit of God was in him, amen, because he is God, all right? So that's why he could do that. So here we kind of get a little idea of why Jesus maybe said, hey, I'm going to heal you, but don't tell anybody. More people, as they were leaving, more people were bringing Jesus, people to Jesus so that Jesus could heal them. I mean, it was probably a revolving door, sickness and healing, and I need this and that. And so they just kept coming to Jesus. And what did he just keep on doing? Healing them. He cast the demon out. The man began to speak and the whole place exclaimed how great Jesus is. Here's the thing. They saw what Jesus could do. They saw what Jesus could do and they wanted to bring others so that their lives could be changed too. They had experienced an encounter with Jesus Christ that changed their lives. You think going from blind to being able to see is going to change your life a little bit? I mean, come on. You think if you're being like demon-possessed and now all of a sudden you are free, you think that's going to change your life a little bit? And so their lives were changed. And so because of that, they then brought people to Jesus. The title of my message today is From Brought to Bring. We have been brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's done something wonderful in us. He's transformed our lives. How many of you have ever been transformed by the love of Jesus Christ? He's done something in your life. He set you free. He healed you, whatever it was. But Christ did something in you, and that's exciting, isn't it? And so he did something in you. And you were brought maybe to church or you were brought to Christ and you have this relationship with him. And you're so excited about it. You're like, God, you've done all these wonderful things for me. I want to tell my friends. I want to tell my neighbors. I want to tell my coworkers. I want to tell everybody I can about the good things you have done. And not only that, I want them to experience transformation. I want them to know you so that their lives can be transformed just like you've transformed me into a new creation. And so we've been brought to Jesus Christ. We have a relationship with him. And then we have the opportunity to bring others along. Our friends, our neighbors, our family, our coworkers, whoever it may be, there are people out there that need the hope of Jesus Christ. So I asked a few people this week if they would help me out and make a video. And this is just a little story. I had to cut a whole bunch out. This is just a quick little story here. Of it starts with Caleb back there. He's standing up. He's a Connect team member today. It starts with him inviting some people to church. So check this out. Hi, I'm Caleb Carlson, and these are some of my friends. I'm Andy Waltzman. I'm Chase Walshman. Paul Walshman. Me and my wife at the time, now we have four kids and live in Humboldt and travel down to New Covenant. So I'm also the director of Icky's Youth Center, and Icky's is a place for kids in middle school and high school to come on the weekends and after school. Through that, that's how I met the Walshmans, Jace, who was, I think, in middle school at the time yeah. when he first started coming, and then his younger sister, Gabby. Um, was really involved coming to the youth center. For me and my family, it's always been encouraging to have community around me. And so through talking with Mandy, I just discussed that, you know, 
I'd encourage you to get plugged into a church. I had mentioned to you guys there was a youth group that we had going on. We just wanted a positive place where Jace could find more friends to hang out with, um, not only Iggy's but outside of Iggy's. So that's how Caleb and I started talking and he had brought up New Covenant. And so we took up your offer and started going to New Covenant. We felt very at home and welcome very quickly. It's been an eye-opener. It's helped me through a lot of tough times, myself, my wife, my family. I feel like now that, you know, we've been going for a while, not only ourselves wake up and look forward to it, but also our children, and that's something we wanted for our kids. So my family had been going to New Covenant for a little over a year. When Tammy had expressed some interest in maybe wanting to go to church and asking questions. Didn't know what direction I wanted to go in life and um, did not feel at peace with my life. And I remember going um, to church with a lady I had taken care of and I remember feeling peace at church but not really understanding a lot of her faith. And so then I started asking Mandy about, you know, what's your church like? Is it a big church, a small church? And so finally I just kind of won it and um, I had my grandkids every Sunday and decided that that was something we were going to do as grandma time was go to church together. Felt very comfortable and Mandy wasn't sure if I was ever going to come back again, <laughs> but I came back the next week and I've been there ever since. So these are my grandkids, Tavian and Kaylee. They just have enjoyed coming. And we went for, oh, let's say six, six, eight months um, before my daughter started coming. She had a part-time job and she worked every Sunday. And then started talking to my daughter about it. and. The kids talked to their mom about what they were learning in church and different things and, and she started asking questions and then when she took a different job, a different part-time job, um, the job she took then she did not work Sundays anymore. So she's like, I'm going to church with you and that's how it started. Once I started going to church, I wanted to be there for my kids. Um, I volunteer at Icky's the first. Saturday of every month and I also went to camp with the kids to do be their leader. We all volunteer at church. Yeah. Tavian volunteers in the kids, the older kids room. Kaylee will go to both services so she can help in the nursery and then she'll go to her church. And I volunteer in the nursery as well as doing hospitality. hospitality. Yeah. Yep. Kaylee, you want to say something? Uh, that God will always be in your life and he is amazing. That's all. So that's just, you know, one example of someone extending the invite. Um, and you can see all the people that were affected by that. And we never mentioned Jessica by name, but that's Jessica over there, Tammy's daughter. And uh, the, I don't know if you noticed the pretty backdrop. Uh, that was at Icky's and Noel right back there painted that, drew it and painted it. It's awesome. Um, if you ever want to check out Icky's, it's for uh, fifth graders on up. Or if you ever want to serve or volunteer, Caleb's right back there. And I'm sure he'd love to just show you the place and show you the mural. And uh, it's really cool. But it's a great uh, place for kids to be able to
able to go and have a good time. So I thought I'd plug Ickies real quick right there. So you see the importance of, of brought to bring. You've been brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is great because he saved you and he loves you and he cares for you and he changed your life. But then he wants a little bit more from you. He wants you then to bring others into a saving knowledge and a relationship with him as well. And so we have that responsibility uh, to, to, to know who Christ is, to let him transform us, but then to invite others along in the journey. He wants us to share the hope that we have found. He wants us to share the hope that no matter what you face, you can overcome in Jesus' name. Our hope is alive. Amen? We have a living hope in us. He is our only hope for salvation. He's the only hope for forgiveness. He's the only hope for anything that we desire in our lives. I got to tell you, he is our only hope. And there are people all over the place that need to hear that. And they need people who have been brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ to bring them along for the ride. To bring them along and say, I want you to know Jesus, my Savior, my friend. I want you to know that he can transform your life, that he can take any hurt, he can take any habit, he can take any hang up, he can take any struggle that you have. He's already paid the price for it on the cross. He died for it so that you don't have to die from it. He loves you so much. That's how we share the hope. Matthew 9, 35, it continues. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news. Everybody say good news. The good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. So Jesus is going around teaching. He's going around healing people. And then I like this. It says, when he saw the crowds, you know, those crowds that would show up and they would just be there. He didn't have to, he would just show up and start talking to people and ministering to them and healing them and people would flock to him. And the crowds would show up and he looked at the crowds. He looked at all of these people and it said that he didn't pity them. He didn't look down on them. He didn't wish they weren't there. He didn't wish that their act would get together. He looked at them and he had compassion. He saw them and had compassion on them. He saw that they were confused and helpless. Maybe you would even say hopeless. He saw them and it was like they were like sheep without a shepherd. What's a shepherd do for the sheep? Literally pretty much everything. Sheep are not that smart. They're filthy. They're disgusting. They have really no defense mechanism. They are, they're nothing. They're just, they got the wool and I guess you can eat them. I don't know if I've ever had lamb, but they're, they're, they're not, as far as animals go, they're not that high on like the fuchi. They're just not the brightest. They're not the cleanest. They just wander around aimlessly. They need a shepherd to guide them, to direct them, to protect them, to clean them, to take care of them. They need a shepherd. And so he's looking around and he's like, man, they're just confused and helpless and hopeless. And he had compassion on them. 
Sometimes we see people around us who are helpless. We see people around who are confused and hopeless and you say, you know what? Someone else will talk to them about who Jesus is. I don't have time. I remember I'm busy. I don't want to. I don't, I probably don't have anything in common with them. Honestly, it'd just be best if they just didn't even, I wish they'd move to another part of town. I mean, we'd never say that because we're Christians, but we might think it. Jesus saw the crowds of hurting people and had compassion on them. And then he says, I like Jesus too. And then he says this. And then he said, pray. Pray that God would send workers. There's there's a harvest. You know, we got some farmers back in here today. They must have harvested all their crops. Right? The weather allowed them to get all the corn and get all the beans and get everything back in. Now you got equipment and you got to turn the ground. I understand that. A farmer's job is never done. But they brought in the harvest. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff you've been working on and toiling on. And, and God said, he, Jesus is saying here, he's saying, pray that there would be more workers sent into God's fields because there is a huge harvest. What's he saying in that? Like, what's that even, what's that even mean? What, what, is it, what, are your, what are you harvesting? Well, here's what he's saying. He's saying there are people all over the place, confused, helpless, hopeless. There are people everywhere, neighbors, coworkers, family members, friends, who are ready to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they need someone to tell them. They need someone to share the hope that is in them. They need someone to give an explanation of the hope that is in them. And I got news for us this morning. That's us. The harvest is ready in Fort Dodge and whatever town or community you live in. There's people there. If there's people there, they're ready to hear the gospel. Are they all ready? No, you might get rejected every now and again. It's okay. But there are a lot of people ready to hear what you have to say. And you know, it's happening. Those workers, they're you and they're me. You might not care for Kanye West and Justin Bieber. But I got to tell you something. They're raising awareness about who Christ is by the millions. Like, I don't follow either one of them, honestly. I don't. But I looked. I mean, Bieber will post something and get like 30 million likes. Now, is everything good? Josh, are you endorsing Kanye West and Justin Bieber? No, what I'm saying is they're putting out albums, they're leading worship, they're doing these things, and at the very least, people are beginning to hear more about who is this Jesus guy. Now, I know the church likes to just kind of look at them and be like, well, that's obviously not real. It's fake. It's like, let's just hold our comments to ourselves for a while. And let's just be glad that the name of Jesus is being proclaimed. I mean, because it makes our job a whole lot easier because now you can be like, hey, have you heard Kanye's new song? And you can actually listen to it at home with your children. Right? So it's, a, it's making our job so much easier. You know, talk about Bieber or whatever. I mean, because there are already, I mean, at least people are wondering like, man, what, what, that seems pretty radical. What's Jesus? Who is Jesus? What are they talking about? You know, I think we have an opportunity. We just need some more workers. Are we going to be able to, to touch 30 million people? Probably not right now. 
You know, you're happy. It's like, ooh, I got 12 likes. Whatever, it, you know, but that's somebody. That's somebody, right? Look at what Luke 10 says. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. So as workers, you and I, we should be the workers going out into the fields and talking to people, sharing the hope of who Christ is and what he has done. What are we supposed to tell them? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at what Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20 says. It says out of the message, it says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. And I want us to take this great commission seriously. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life marking them by the baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then instruct them in the promise, um, oh, in the practice, thank you, instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day, right up to the end of the age. You and I, we've been given a great commission that as we go into this world, as we go to our job, listen, you're not just going to work. You're entering a field where there are people who are ready and eager to hear about the hope that you have in your life. When you go to the grocery store, you're not just buying groceries. You're going, you are buying food. You're going to a place (laughs) and as you go there, there's an opportunity for you to share the hope. My wife will go get groceries and come back two hours later. I'm like, what have you been doing? (laughs) And she's like, well, I ran into a couple people at Aldi's. Then I ran into a couple people at Walmart. And then I, you know, and we got talking and we got this. Then we were praying or whatever. And it's like, you got ministry at Walmart, right? I mean, as you go, you're like, well, that can't be. That's not, is that that what the Bible's saying? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. That as we go about our business, there are people all over who are ready to hear about the gospel of Christ, that are ready for you just to say a little prayer over them and encourage them and be there for them. They're all over the place, but the workers are few. So I got a question for you. Are you ready to get to work? I got a question for you. Are you ready to get to work? As you go about your day, remember that I have been commissioned to do something great. What is that? Share the hope. Share what Jesus Christ has done in me because there's people all around me that need the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.